Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Dan Huff from Twickenham and I have two fine souls with me here this evening. Um, we have Sal Ali from North London. Hi Sal. Good evening Dan. And also very pleased to welcome uh, Joel Hughes from uh, our champion club North Middlesex. Hi Joel. Hi Dan. Great to have you on board. Um, I should also say that because, of course, listeners won't necessarily realise this. We're, we're recording this on Sunday evening at it, exactly the same time that the 100 draft is taking place. Now, I, I am pretty sure I would be watching goodness knows what on ITV4 were I not chatting to you, esteemed guys, because I'm not, not massively keen on, uh, on what's going on there. But, Sal, what's your take on this, given it's happening now? Are you a 100 fan? Um, not particularly, no. Uh, I've got it on in the background. It's on now front of me looks quite interesting the draw part of it but I won't be my sort of go-to cricket for next season um obviously that'll be test cricket and maybe the t20 stuff first but I'm I'm in favor of anything new trying to attract more people to the games if it works and great fantastic but it won't be my sort of go-to as I said version of cricket in terms of watching it yeah fair enough and Joel are you you a hundred man or, or not sure yet or I'm not really sure yet, no. I mean, I was sceptical about T20 in general and then IPL and stuff, and I got completely hooked on those. So, yeah, just sort of wait and see. I'm quite intrigued by the, the format and the, the five ball overs and how that's all going to pan out. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably keep an eye on it. Yeah, even I have to begrudgingly admit that when it comes round, I'm hardly like to be watching Colombo then. I'll, I'll definitely be, be be tuning in to see to see where it takes us. Um, before we get to that, though, we've got plenty to talk about a bit closer to home and, and, and particularly, you know, given that you've been able to join us tonight, Joel, um, North Middlesex. Of course, North Middlesex uh, won the championship very impressively last year by uh, by a good 17 points. And I just, just wanted to sort of talk about how you got there, really. I mean, when when I came to, to, to Middlesex 15 or so years ago, North Middlesex were, um, were in Division 3. And I remember them getting promoted, in, in fact, the same year Twickenham did in 2007. And then there was a period in Division 2, sort of five or six years. And then relatively recently, 2013-14, I remember the mid being promoted to the top flight. And if, if I've got this right, that's more or less when you joined the club about that time. Is that right? Yeah, the, uh, I joined, yeah, 2000 and what was it, 13. The first, the first year North Mid were in the Prem, yeah. Uh-huh. And just give us a bit of info on that. So you joined North Mid from um, the Northern Wastelands, right? You came down to, to the South East for work, did you? Is, is that what brought you here? Or uh, No, not really. Um, I, I had a year in Australia after living in York. And then when I got back to England, I decided with, with no particularly good reason to move to London. And yeah, I came across North Middlesex through a friend of my sister's. Yeah, oh, it's a familiar story. Many of us who who, who weren't born and bred in, in in the southeast could can tell similar tales. And and the North Mid you joined then, I guess, was looking to establish itself in a top flight, right? That that was the, I guess, the original aim when, when you were there when you joined. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think people people thought that we. I mean, that they thought. I think they won the the previous the lower division pretty well, and they thought that they could pick and compete and. In the prem, and we we played. I remember we played Hampstead the first game, who had won the won the league the previous season, and uh, we weren't we lost, but we, it was pretty close, and we certainly weren't blown away. And we thought we thought we could. We're pretty hopeful we could compete throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And and how did that ultimately 
pan out because you, you didn't have the greatest of starts, did you? But it, it ended up being being a pretty strong season for you guys, right? Yeah, I th- I think we we lost or got a losing draw in in the first eight games, and then the ninth game we beat Ealing in a very very close game, low scoring game, and I think we got 105 or something, and we bowled them out for a few less. Great games um, to win. And that was, yeah. yeah, it was. And then, um, yeah, that sort of propelled us. And we had a bit of a run after that. We won six or seven games and eventually finished fifth. And it was, I think it was a sort of and a slight anomaly because it was so tight. I think we were still quite close to the bottom sort of two or three. But because because of it was a tight league that year, we, we were fifth. Well, we've, I mean, Sal's more of a stats badger than I am, but it's often the way. I know going into the last game of this season, had Twickenham beaten Shepherd's Bush, we could quite plausibly have finished fourth. We didn't. So we mm. finished eighth. And that's, you know, that's on, on the last day swing too. So uh, I guess we have something of a tradition of, uh, of quite tight leagues, which I guess is good. It means the cricket's really competitive. So what happened after that? Was it then a steady progression up the league table? So from fifth upwards towards the summit or, or how did the next few seasons go? Uh, I think we finished fifth my second season and then maybe uh, I think we did second twice and a third. So, we, yeah, we've been there or thereabouts. Right the way through. Now, Sal's seen quite a lot of North Middlesex this year, so I was just going to bring bring him in there. But when the season started, Sal, what, what were you expecting in North Mid? And what, what did you see? What, what, if, what's your impression of their year? I mean, I've always felt for the last two, three years, the squad they've got is good enough to win the league. Um, they've just fell short, obviously, in the last two years. Uh, the start they had this year put them in a fantastic position, you know, winning lots of the, the pink ball stuff. And from there, obviously, they had a small blip during the middle of the season, but I just felt overall they were the best side on paper and also on the field itself with a, you know, good sprinkle of youngsters and some seasoned pros like Joel himself and Tom Nicol and Evan Flowers, these guys who you know been there, seen it, done it effectively. Been around a long time. You know, Evan Flowers yeah, was, yeah. was in Division Three when I was playing against him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, very good cricketer. Just mm. what you need in that, in that kind of side. And obviously, you've got the Batman and Robin, or the two young bucks in Cracknell and Holman, who just literally blown attacks away this year. They're batting. Um, I'm sure Joel's elaborate or can give us some more details about the pair of them as, 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 as cricketers, and obviously maybe insight off the pitch so what, what what they're like but yeah I mean overall they're good energy about them in the field good attack balanced attack of spin and of seam and and a good batting all the way we've got guys who can actually dig in when they have to or just explode from the block straight away and you know get off, off to a rapid start like we did many times this season yeah I mean and, and it looks just from the stats Joel as if you know the the pyjama cricket at the beginning and the end of the season was really, you know, something that you, you were very strong at. I think I'm right in saying you won eight of the nine games. Is that right? In, in the, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Limited yeah, we, game? we're pretty, pretty good at the pink, pink ball stuff. Yeah. And that the only game we lost was the, the first game of the season against Ealing. But yeah, right. we, I mean, our, t- our teams are sort of set up for that really aggressive batsmen, lots and lots of like frontline bowling options. Yeah. We, but we back ourselves in the pink ball. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that. I mean, when you look at the stats, I mean, batting wise, you, you know, you, you sort of, um, you could look at all three divisions together here and, you know, Luke Holman, 816 runs at 54. No one scored more runs than he did in the whole league. Joe Cracknell, mm. 720 odd runs at 51. He came third. Um, there's a, there's a question for you, Sal, who came second? Who was the second leading score, run scorer in the league? Without looking. In, when, yep. in the whole league or the Premier Division? Whole league. 
Holy, I'll put you on the spot the there. That's a tough thing. Was, was, was it the guy from Uxbridge? It was. Mm-hmm. I haven't primed him on that. Quadri, yeah, he got 771, yeah. just for the record. I, yeah. I have to add, though, on Joel's, in Joel's favour, sorry, Joe, Joe Cracknell's favour, he did miss three games for injury. So if he had played those three games, you never know. He could have been the leading run scorer. He would have been close, Poor conditioning. very close. Poor conditioning. No, I'm not going to no, give him got, any... He yeah. broke his finger. Is that correct, Joel? He, he, got his, he got his finger jammed against the bat facing uh, Tom Barber, and it um. sort of took a corner of uh, the tip of his finger off so it wasn't broken, but it was a really nasty like gash in the top of his finger. Uh, yeah, and he sort of aggravated it a couple of times. He actually, I think his first game, one of the first games back that he had with his finger, he got 100 against Ireland for the Middlesex twos. And then, and then we got told by the physio that he wouldn't be available for the Saturday, and this was on the Thursday because he sort of aggravated it again. <laughs> it was all a bit bizarre, really. Yeah, but I mean, in all seriousness, you know, having uh, the best part of sixteen hundred runs is is going to make a difference, isn't it? It's, it's going it's going to be something that puts you in, in with a fighting chance. And and bowling wise, I mean, again, I look had a quick look at the stats. I think I think you came fourth, Joel, thirty seven wickets in terms of Premier League wicket takers, uh, uh, and and your average is is significantly better than than the top three. Not dissing their performances in any way, shape, or form. I think you average about twelve with the ball. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like when you say about runs, I think. In the past four or five years, that's the thing, that's the area where we've said to the lads, you know, that's what we're lacking, we're lacking in runs, we're lacking in heavyweight run scorers. And in Luke and Joe, these last couple of years, they've improved so much. And to have that at the top of the order just makes life so much easier for everyone else coming in. And we've got the lads who can come in and score quickly. So that's that's been the, the, the final piece of the puzzle for me. I think the bowling's always been... It's always been fairly strong, and we've we've I think we've we've taken wickets pretty consistently. But yeah, to have that is just that's what's made us win the league. Yeah, it's a great starting point, and and psychologically, and you you'll know this as well. I mean, when you know there's a couple of opponents that you're coming up against who consistently put sixty, seventy runs on the board each, they put over hundred up there, early doors for a partnership. You know, they can almost fail on the day, but they've left an impression with them with, with you that they're a strong side. The club is strong. Um, and, and you know the whole club knows those two guys, and, and knows that on most days that they're going to be a handful. So, um, having said that, at the beginning of the year, then obviously you were going to be competitive. I mean, everybody knew mm. that you were one of the sides to look for. But was there a point when you thought, yeah, th- th- this is happening? Twenty nineteen is our year. Um, was there one definitive moment, or, or or not? I I mean, for me, the game at Rich Richmond away the, after the first Red Bull. I mean. Like we said, we're pretty good at the pink ball stuff, but we were, yeah, the first Red Bull game was Richmond away and having, you know, having won the league last season, we were aware how, you know, how dangerous they were and we beat them by 200 runs. Uh, we got two, seven, eight and we bowled them out for 78. And at that point I, I was thinking, you know, this, this could potentially be our year. Yeah, uh, with the, well, with the squad definitive. that we've got, two hundred runs. Yeah, is, it was. Yeah, it's yeah. a whipping. And, yeah, and Luke got one hundred and fifty-eight and batted unbelievably. Uh, and Crackers, Crackers got thirty odd and got a dodgy LB. And yeah, I just thought, you know, these lads are seriously good now, and we've got a real chance. Yeah, and so I mean, one of the things that that we noticed as, as outsiders looking in is you've got a pretty successful. Um, 
Young Cricketers Network there. You've, you've got a lot of guys that have come through the ranks. Um, and we, we've known that for years. I mean, obviously, you know, some of these guys are seriously good cricketers. Um, but mm. all the way through, it looks like North Middlesex has been, been successful at getting juniors playing the game. But how's that happened? Um, what, what, what's the secret of that success? Or is there no secret? It's just good organisation. It's just pretty I basic stuff I mean, done well. I don't really know. I think, I think we've, we have got a good setup and we've got a lot of, a lot of juniors. And I think we've now, we've got a pretty decent pathway up through the, the teams and to have five teams, uh, and lads playing senior cricket with adults from the ages sort of 13, 14 and playing long days and enjoying it. And I think one of the, I was speaking to someone at the league dinner about it, but one of the key things I think is how much the lads who play twos and threes enjoy it. And there's a real sense of like teams, team morale and spirit and, and yeah, and so when when the good juniors get into those teams, they just love playing and they don't go elsewhere. I think that's key. And and now with the sort of promise of playing first team cricket in North Middlesex being so appetizing, I think mm. yeah, it's just it's just a winning formula really. Mm. Uh, if I can ask, what are the background of most of these kids? Are they are they from sort of local state schools, or have you got sort of links into some of the private schools? Where, where where's the pipeline beginning there? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I think it's a bit of a mix. I know Ethan was at Mill Hill and, right. um, but I think I would, I, I don't really know to be honest, but I think okay, it's, no. I think it's a decent mix. I can answer one of those quickly. If I can, if I can Go butt on, in. Um, I know Luke Holman's an Ethan boy, um, born and bred in the area. I know his dad used to be involved at a club, which is a place called Ray Crescent, which is a recreational pitch. And he's a local lad. Uh, so it's fantastic coming through the ranks on your doorstep almost. I'm not sure about the Cracknell family. I think they also may be um, sort of that kind I'm of... I'm pretty sure they, they were at state school, but yeah. they live they live like a minute from the ground, but I don't know what school they were at. Yeah. But a minute from your ground is only two minutes from about six other grounds, isn't it, to be fair? So yeah, they made a choice to come to North Middlesex. I mean, and, and it looks, again, from the outside looking in, as if it's it's a well a well drilled machine in the most positive of senses. The people there who, who who put a lot of time and effort in think about the product they're offering. I mean, uh, are there any sort of key individuals who've been driving that? Who, who, who I mean, we all know the, the, the you know, the, the, the Holmans and the Cracknells, but who, who are the off the field um, driving forces at, at North Mid at the moment? Uh, well, Richard Nicholl has done an absolutely yeah. huge amount for the club and he is, he, he organizes all of the junior setup and the, I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't guess how much, how many hours he puts into that. And yeah, his energy over the years for me is what's, what's been the real, uh, driving force behind the success behind the scenes. And there's, he's got an, he's got a really good team nowadays. Um, a guy called Adam Frace is heavily involved now and there's just, there's a lot of volunteer coaches. I'm sure every club has them, but yeah, there just, there just seems to be endless numbers of them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing that these guys kind of give, give up their time and their energy so readily. And yeah, it's, it's, it's inspiring actually because it just makes me, you know, it makes everyone want to, want feel like they want to do more. Yeah. Oh, it is an inspirational thing, is it? I mean, and I, I know some of the, you know, people like Alex Hill and Sam Shepard have been around a long time and, and they're, they've got sort of more senior roles in the club now, haven't they? And, 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 you know, these guys understand what, what it means to win on the field, but also that it is about a bit more than that. It's about getting people enjoying their Saturdays, 
making sure that wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, all the rest of it, that, that they feel welcome as well. And always get the feeling that that's something that you, you, you can't micromanage. You just have to, you have to get the culture right and get people buying into what you're trying to do. And, uh, and I think, you know, by the looks of things, you, you, you've been very, very successful at that, which sort of me- means, leads me to ask next year, 2020, obviously, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be going out to try and defend your title and trying not to be, say, I don't know, a Leicester City uh, and, and sort of fade away. Now, given the structures, I suspect you're going to be competitive again, right? So the aim must be, I suppose, a repeat performance? Yeah, I guess I guess so. And yeah, the, the hope is that we, we still have the uh, ambition and the drive to kind of achieve what we've done this year. And I guess there's a little bit more up in the air with, with the younger lads, with Luke and Joe and uh, how much we'll see of them and Ethan obviously we, we won't see a great deal of him probably and there's uh, there's another couple of Max Harris probably won't see yep. as much of him so yeah there's and I'm I'll be I'll have a baby my next year Evan's just had a baby uh, so yeah there's a little bit up in the air but I'm I'm really ho- I think it's an important time and it's a real purple patch for the club and I think I think next year's it's really important that we keep moving forward because there's there's such a danger that if you if you don't if you sort of ease off that you start sliding away and that would be a real shame. Well, clubs do do that. I mean, it might be before your time, of course. But Winchmore Hill won the league. Um, yeah. Well, when was yeah, that? Yeah. Sal was that seven or eight years ago? And, and then and then um, obviously struggled quite a lot. I think around ten. I think, oh, gosh. I think about ten now. Yeah, around ten now. Yep. Yeah. They definitely had a team that was formidable, and then two years after, it almost just unfortunately fell away. Yeah, that does happen. But I mean, yeah. you guys. Are, are clearly aware of it, and you can't do much more than than be aware of it. Are any of your guys wintering abroad out of interest? Are any of them in Australia or um? Or um yeah, well, Max Max Harris is in in New Zealand. Uh, Luke was going to go, but I for uh, I think for reasons involving Middlesex, I think he's going to hang around now. Um, mm-hmm. And Joe and Hugh were away last year, so yeah. I think they've, they've, they've I got a good because I'm envious as, a, as I look outside the window and it's raining and it's in yeah, the middle of October. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like a fantastic thing, thing to do. Um, I was going to ask Sal a question though, and, and, and I'd be interested to see what your response to this is as well, Joel. So, you, you know, you've watched quite a bit of North Mid. Um, for, for other clubs who are playing them next year, what have they got, what are they got to look for here if they're going to beat them? Where are North Mid's weaknesses? And Joel, can, you can of course come back and say they're not weaknesses at all, but Sal, <laughs> what would you say if you were advising anybody now to beat North Mid? I mean, one thing, one of the actually their own players told me this year was um, that he could, because the, the top two are so successful in scoring so many runs, the guys down the order, sort of four, five, and six, weren't getting much time at the crease. And, and when they did have to bat, they sort, of, they sort of felt out of nick, not having much sort of game time at the crease. So that was poss- possibly their major sort of area. You could try and get the first two out quickly. If you do that, then you've got guys who haven't had much time at the crease potentially. Um, maybe obviously not in form or, you know, not, not ready for sort of like batting 25 overs. And that could be a uh, potential weakness. But to be honest, it's a tough question because as I said, I haven't seen their side play. And uh, the balance they have all round is, 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 you know, is almost an ideal team really. Um, but yeah, getting Cracknell home and out early could be the Achilles heel in North Middlesex's team. Yeah, I mean, it, as you say, though, it, it sounds obvious, doesn't it? Get rid of the fifteen hundred runs, and we'll be in a better place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps a bit easier said than done. Is, is there a particular? I mean, did, did people do the same thing against um, Holman and Cracknell? Were, were there some sides that were, were, were chucking on a bit of spin early doors to try and to try and uh, sort of rattle them, Joel? Or, or, or yeah, was there not enough? I mean, 
I can Richmond always open with spin against us, and that um, Adam London got Joe out pretty early on. After, but mm-hmm. he, he whacked sort of forty off the first three overs, and then he got out. Um, yeah, I think people people are less inclined to uh, experiment against us, and they, they tend to open with seam. But I mean, in answering that question, I think um, obviously I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's not a, it's it's not rocket science. I think if you can get runs on the board and then restrict restrict, and rather than uh, Rather than, you know, searching for the wickets, just, just try and keep them, keep, keep the runs down and then you've got an, you've got a chance, haven't you? But like at our place with the pink ball when it's not really doing much and you've got a short straight boundary, it's, that's much harder said than done. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think that's giving away any trade secrets, is it? But, um, the challenge is, is execution and against good players in any sport, um, it's going to be tricky. Gonna be tricky. Yeah, and they put the they put the and Joe puts the pressure on. You know, if you've got a guy who's going to whack you over your head in the first couple of overs, you know, you've you, you've got yeah. no chance to settle in. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, stepping back from the cricket, Joel, you mentioned you, you're going to become a dad, and you but best of luck with that one. I I, I had two um, twins <laughs> not so long ago, and I didn't do great. Oh, wow. to, uh, wonders my cricket. <laughs> no. so, so best of luck in trying to get the sleep and the and yeah, the baby management sorted. Yeah. Off the field, can you tell us just a bit more about yourself? Um, you, you've been, say, in the South East for a few years now. Yeah. Where, where do you work, if I can ask? So, I'm a piano teacher. Right. I'm self-employed, yeah. I, I teach privately. I teach uh, children privately, and I teach in a record label in town three days a week. Fantastic. Now, I've, I could have guessed at 100,000 different things. I'm not sure I'd have said piano teacher. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that may be a, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, football? Football fan? I, I used to I used to be, but no, I've sort of drifted away from football a bit as I sort of stopped playing to prolong my cricket career. Yeah, make too much pain and, and, and anguish, believe me, with football. Um, and <laughs> other sports, have you been following the World Cup, this sort of stuff, or, or, or is, cricket, no, is cricket the go-to? No, really. No, it's, cricket's, my, cricket's the one. I play a bit of tennis as well, but no, it's mainly cricket. I, I like the, uh, the the focus nature. That's why you win the league. You know, it's cricket <laughs> and it's cricket and it's cricket. None of us, me and Sal, we're watching everything that goes. Um, you you mentioned very briefly the dinner on uh, last Friday. Lots of people there, as ever, um, a, a big event. Before I actually say a bit about the dinner, how do you guys celebrate when you won? Obviously, don't get anybody into any trouble. But was there? Was, <laughs> I guess you had a big night on the on the day that it was mathematically possible. But was were there any particular celebrations that you can reveal now? There was a there was a pretty big night at the club. Yeah, um, yeah, we were t- the team. The team was sort of introduced and celebrated, uh, and all there was a lot of people there. All the the seconds and thirds were at home, so they were all there. The fourths and the fifths came back. Yeah, the, the our last game of the season is always quite a big one. And yeah, it was a pre- it was a pretty long night. Lots of lemon tea drunk, I'm sure. Yeah, all good. A lot of lemonade. Yeah, a lot of lemonade. Fantastic, um, and. We went. Obviously, the dinner was on on Friday. Uh, Sal, you were you were at the dinner. Um, good event. Lots of people there. Um, can you just talk us through the main the, the main items main that courses. Were, were discussed? And, yeah, main courses, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, well attended. Lots of clubs. Obviously, some new clubs turn up due to the merger of the ninety eight seven league. Now, so obviously, we've had 
third, fourth and fifth eleven trophies handed out. Uh, winners on the day. So the winners for the Young Player of the Year went to, no surprise there, Luke Holman. Uh, uh-huh. Player of the Year, again, went to Luke Holman, who shared that with Ben Fraser from Hampstead. Uh, Division 2's Player of the Year winner was um, Apps Karana from Brentham, slow left arm spinner. And right, Wembley's, yeah, yeah, very good player. And Wembley's Vibor Yadav, if I've got that correct in pronouncing his name, he won the third, third Division 3 Player of the Year. Um, there was also some hospitality awards handed out to Wickham House and Acton, from what I can remember. I'm not sure who else got one. Um, but yeah, good event. Mm-hmm. Speakers on the night was obviously someone that you do well know, um, Vic Marks. Who you yep. saw yesterday, I imagine, speaking again at a wedding. Yeah, Vic Marks um, was at uh, Clint McCabe's wedding, you're right, yeah. Yeah, and then we also had a really good sort of section, which was a Q&A um, chaired by um, Richard, is it Richard Goatley, if I'm correct, uh, CEO at Middlesex CC, mm-hmm. and yep. we had three Middlesex players on the panel in Steve Eskenazi, Robbie White, and Max Holden, who've all played club cricket this year in the MCCL. Asked the they were all torn to shreds, from what I believe, is that right? I, I couldn't was, ultimately was, make it on Friday. It, it was good fun. Yeah, it was a bit, you know, yeah. definitely some banter involved there. You know, a couple of serious questions as well. But yeah, it was good. I think it was a good way to go. And I think something definitely, if the league do want to do it again, um, I'd be keen to see that again. Because I think it worked pretty yeah. well. Yeah, the Twickenham boys enjoyed that. They, they thought the Q&A was very good. I mean, and obviously, that you know, that there was a lot of banter involved. But I mean, it was a, a nice, light-hearted way to, you know, to, you know, to, to, to keep everyone entertained. What did, how many North Mid boys went? Joel, was it a big turnout? Yeah, pretty good. We had three tables. Uh, uh-huh. Virtually all of the first team were there, and yeah, it was, we enjoyed it. Yeah, um, Askenazi got a pretty rough time from the, yeah. the CEO. I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I picked up on that as well. <laughs> he he doesn't hold back. He, he doesn't hold yeah. back, does he, Goatley? No, he didn't what, at all. What, was, what did Steve do? Was he just he just sat there and smiled? Did he? He took it well. He took it really well. I thought he spoke really well as well. Hmm. I guess you've got no choice. You can't really throw your toys out the pram in an event like that, exactly. can you? You've got to <laughs> take it on the chin. Um, if he's paying your wages, you have to, don't you, I suppose? You know? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I'm not surprised you had a, a three tables. That's, that's a good turnout because, of course, your, your seconds, um, they came third this year, right? And the thirds also came second in, in, in the top yeah. five of their respective league. So, all round, it was a, a pretty successful campaign, I guess. It was. Yeah, I th- I th- yeah. actually, I think that... Our seconds and thirds were pretty disappointed after they both won it the previous year. So, but yeah, it's a it's a sign of a strong club, isn't it? When you're disappointed to finish second and third, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joel, we have one or two um, quick fire questions for you. Okay, very short right, and yeah. sweet. What comes into your head first? Um, Sal, should we take it in turns to ask some of these? Or yeah, you... yeah, we can. Yeah, okay, we can go. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Right, um, pink ball or red ball? Red ball. Okay, Good man. Correct, an- right. correct answer. I like that. Sal. <laughs> so, so Ian Botham or Ben Stokes? Ben Stokes. Mm. Beach or adventure holiday? Adventure. Okay. okay. Twitter or Instagram? Oh, God. I haven't got either. Uh, uh, Twitter. You haven't got either. I'm impressed with that. I genuinely am impressed. I wish I didn't. You know, the amount of time I waste on social media. Um, right, right, tough one now. MCCL or Northeast Premier League? Oh, it's got to be the Northeast Prem, hasn't it? 
That's you got to stick to I, where you're from. You got to back your local that's where boys. I I'm totally got abused for very badly for two years. So yeah, that's, that'll stay with me. <laughs> okay, you ready? Um, short or long sleeve jumper? <laughs> uh, oh, gotta be, gotta be long sleeve, hasn't it? If you, hey Sal, if you're playing in the Northeast Premier League, you know you definitely gotta go long sleeve. Believe me. True. Um, for sure. Right. The, we're cutting to the chase now. Serious stuff. Fish and chips or Sunday roast? Fish and chips. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Here's one for you, then another one. A new ball or bowling at the death? New ball. Okay. Last one from me. Um, test match special or the Sky Sports team? Test match special every time. Good man. Sal, do you want to remind us up? What have you got for the last one? Yeah, so the last one, also, Joe, if you can elaborate, maybe you might give us some more background to why I'm asking this question. Uh, and I've been, this has been put forward by some of your guys at your club. Um, best <laughs> on-field animal... You ready for this one? Let's start again. Best on-field animal noises, Joe Cratner or Luke Holman? <laughs> <laughs> what a truly ridiculous question. <laughs> uh, I like Luke's, to be honest. Luke, yeah. There's some there's some extraordinary noises from our lads and they've got they seriously wind up the opposition but actually they annoy everyone but no Luke, Luke Luke's really good at them but for any particular reason or God knows no no idea because uh, okay. he's a strange boy probably <laughs> <laughs> well, we have this with South Africans at uh, at Twickenham they they do weird things that I just can't make any sense of and I, I long since learned leave them to it whatever you know. And it used to wind the opposition up all the time, but I, I just had no idea what they were up to. So, um, let them be. Sal, you were probably on the wrong end of that a few times. But it was, yeah, but it's, it's all in good, good sort of spirits, isn't it? Really, Absolutely. you know, you take it as you can. Can I ask one question, Joe, before we do head off? Yeah. Um, of regarding the noise, regarding the noises, um, which animals can they sort of, you know, best sort of uh, replicate <laughs> that you've heard so far? <laughs> well, the, the goat, the goat noise. They just love making. The goat noise, both of them. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go next, Sal, after that. But uh, no. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I was told that the goat noise was the best noises, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah it's, pre- it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, fantastic. I'll have to look out for that next time I uh, Twickenham play, play the mid. I'll have to you know, get, get ready for the, um, the farmyard. My four-year-olds are going to love it, you know. Old MacDonald had his farms out on the outfield. Um, cool. Joel, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for, for, for giving up your time on the, on the same <laughs> evening as the draft on TV. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll follow your progress with interest next year. Um, obviously, North Middlesex have been, been sort of a, a, a fantastic story this season. The one last thing I wanted to ask was about the national knockout um, and about sort of wh- whether we can expect North Mid to make a real go for that next year. Because, of course, Middlesex, always, Middlesex clubs always do pretty well in the national. We don't seem to win it that often. Um, is that something that you, you've, your players are going to be able to prioritise or is availability just going to be too tricky on that one? I think, it, I think we will really struggle to prioritise it. It's very sadly because, yeah, we'd be in full team with, in that limited over stuff. I, th- I think we'd have a good chance. But, yeah, it's, it's, we've got a lot of people who work pretty hard during the week and giving up some days is very hard. Uh, we, we hear you. I think most clubs here. I mean, Ealing have been fantastic at, at, at getting sides out, but certainly yeah. uh, most other clubs are in, in the same boat, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, when I played in the North, people, we'd, you'd routinely put out pretty much the same team on a Sunday and people were able to play 
in those games as well. Uh, but it's just it's just not quite the same down here. There's a bit more going on, really. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I think, can I ask that's one right. question before we finish? Quick one question, last one for Joe from me. Very Fire quickly. away, Sal. Joe, here's a suggestion for myself. Um, would you, I mean, would you be in favour of like a, a four counties playoff? Say, for instance, you had the Essex winners and the Hearts winners and the Surrey winners take on yourselves in like a, you know, two semi-finals and a final. Is that a practical idea, do you think? Or is that, again, more commitments from players and time? I mean, that's the kind of thing I think that people would be really up for. Just a couple of one-off games, yeah. And it's something that they, they do in, in Yorkshire. Um, I mean, I'm all in, like, when I played in Australia, they, they had uh, playoffs at the end of the year, grand finals, and I, I love that as well. It means there's just there's meaning towards the end of the season for those clubs to get in the top four and then play off. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. But even okay. though you've won the league and you're the best club, you know, you could get beaten in the semi-final, which would be a bit unfair on you guys, no? Well, they you just have to take that on the chin. I think you take it on the chin because, you know, there's there's still a lot of uh, unknowns over the course of a season with weather and uh, who you get where and decisions and stuff that, yeah, I think, I th- well, I th- as I recall in Australia, I think you there was some accolade for finishing top, but there was also playoffs to for the ultimate kind of winner. So I think I think you I think there'd be some achievement of, of finishing top as well, but then you play off to decide the league. That's really interesting. That's that's definitely a big tick in your in your box there, then Sal, isn't it? You're, I think we're going to ask this question to quite a lot of people over the next I'd few like weeks. I'd like to see months. that. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. see that. Just basis, but the argument exists, doesn't? Who's the strongest league? You know, is it Surrey? Is it Essex? Is it Kent? Is it Middlesex, for instance? This might be, you know, sort of obviously doesn't decide fully who it is, but you know, another sort of extra, you know, um, bit of cricket, and let's see who's who, who is the best actually. Which I think yeah. I'd fancy our guys win it all the time. That's my own belief anyway. That's why you're asking it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it is. It is. No, yeah. Well, I'm by, I'm no, we'll, keep asking, we'll keep on to this one. No, I think it's something we should, uh, we should keep talking about. And if players are keen, ultimately it's a player's game, isn't it? And, and if we can make it happen or, or, or encourage others to make it happen, then, then you know, that, that can't be a bad thing. Guys, as ever, it was a great pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for your time. Um, next pod, probably uh, in around seven to ten days. Keep an ear out for that. And in the meantime, go well, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good night. Thanks very much.